Welcome to Comically Comics, your one-stop listen to all things comics. We're talking books, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. I must forewarn you, though, we are a spoiler cast, and what that means is we consider all properties, past, future, and present to be valid, and we will spoil the hell out of them. I'm your host, Michael, along with my two co-hosts, Richard and Jeremy, and with all that being said, let's get started. All right, it is Sunday, August, uh, no, not August, we're, we're not in August anymore, September 4th. <laughs> <laughs> we have got a review of She-Hulk for y'all today, so yeah, that's that's pretty much it, and let's get into that. Well, well uh, but first, one, one thing is that we got is ready, Richard. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> one, two, three. Happy, Happy first, first appearance, appearance to, to you. Happy first, first appearance, appearance to you. <laughs> Happy first, first appearance, appearance to Michael. you, Michael. <laughs> happy first appearance to you hey y'all gotta get on the end look at y'all hey. <laughs> that's so hard to do uh-huh. right <laughs> right well thank y'all very much i appreciate that yes your your birthday is was last thursday i believe it was my lovely little wife announced it on my youtube live and i was like oh, oh did she oh. thanks son appreciate you <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Didn't want that at all, but okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. Well, thank y'all. I appreciate that. Of course. Y'all got to get better at that. You got a whole nother year. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just have to hop on here every now and then and practice. Yeah. Yeah. We'll start. <laughs> our wives are next. Let's start doing, let's start knocking our wives out, making, doing that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go around the table. Whelm Factor on She-Hulk Episode 4. What you got, Jeremy? Uh, On this one, honestly, I was teetering between whelmed and pleasantly whelmed, more so in the whelmed. I, I kind of hate that because I've really been enjoying the other two, but this one just, it didn't seem to, to flow well to me, and I wasn't wasn't a big fan of it. What do you mean it didn't flow well to you? I don't know. It just seemed like it was... I mean, I know it fit right within like the the way the storyline was going, but it just it had a lot of fun and action kind of stuff. And then this one just very like, uh, I don't know, it, it just didn't, something just seemed a little off to me to where it was just a little bit knocked me down a, a peg. No, it's it's different than the last two episodes. I'll say that. Yeah. And that, maybe that's what you're going for, right? Yeah, it just had a different vibe to it. Something like yeah. that. <laughs> Got you. Okay, that makes sense. Richard, what do you think? Well, to go against what Jeremy said, I was pleasantly whelmed by this episode. I kind of was almost into the overly whelmed, but honestly, and like you said, we'll get into it, that post credit scene knocked it down to pleasantly whelmed for me. Um, <laughs> that was the cringiest that was the cringiest thing I've ever seen. It, it, it was, it's, anyway, we'll get into it. We'll get to that. But uh, I liked, this is kind of what I've been wanting from the show. Silly courtroom scenes. Yeah. So it it nailed that for me. Like the light, the 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 B plot, the light elf thing with uh, Dennis uh, Bukowski and Pug. That's fucking hilarious to me. And then, of course, I like the the scene with Emil at the parole hearing. But yeah, I was uh, pleasantly wound during this. 
All right then. Yeah, the the comic book community is like all about that whole end scene and just yeah trashing it. It's pretty funny. <laughs> For the most part, anyways. So my whelm factor is I'm just whelmed. I agree with like Jeremy. This was definitely like a change of pace kind of thing of like what we're used to like seeing as far as the She-Hulk TV show and stuff like that. So it was for this episode to be as short as it was, it sure did feel longer than it actually was. Uh, just to get into that, the actual, I did the the math again and just real quick. <laughs> the actual runtime of the show was 26 minutes, seven seconds. Nice. And last week's was what, 21 or 24, something like that, I think. 21. It was, give me one second. With the post credit scene, the actual runtime was 21 minutes, 44 seconds. <laughs> we got four more minutes. Hooray. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. One of the things that I noticed, like as the show started, because all the rave was She-Hulk representing Abomination, was how Twitter or their version of Twitter or whatever the case was, mirrored a lot of like what we see in this world. And I thought that was kind of funny based off the fact of like she breaks the fourth wall and is like, you know, in the car at one point in time. She's like, this just isn't a cameo show. And she's like, except for Wong. Oh, and Bruce and Emil. But remember, this show's about me. So (laughs) (laughs) I thought the Twitter posts were funny because they were pretty much like all getting up in a roar about the MCU. Yeah, and how like every superhero has to be a woman, and this, that, and other, and it was that was like a bunch of people talking about that. I thought that was funny. Did y'all catch that? Yeah, yeah, I'd seen there like one of them talking about like the it, it caught on to the whole Me Too thing. Yeah, there as well. Yeah. So it had to make a She Hulk and all that. Well, the uh, that quote actually was from an actual real life tweet that happened when I believe they announced this She Hulk show was going to happen like before it was even filmed or made or they casted anybody and they announced a She-Hulk attorney at law. That was a tweet that supposedly happened. The whole like, oh, we have a Me Too movement now. All the male superheroes are gone. I was wondering if those were like real life tweets because like I figured that, I figured they were just because there's so much, you could have pulled so many off of Twitter, like no problem. Yeah. Like, so I figured that's what that was and that that's kind of what made it cooler to me. But yeah, I was saying something about the it being a cameo show. And it looked like you had something to say about that, Richard. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, that was um, a while back they listed some of the episode titles. And one of them that I think was going to be the first episode, but you know how like I mentioned in our previous podcast that the first episode was intended to be like the last episode. So I'm assuming by the first episode's name, it says, whose show is this? That that either is the Daredevil episode or since they revealed Daredevil so early in trailers, maybe it's somebody completely different that we don't know about. And yeah, that whole meta moment where she breaks the fourth wall and is like, you know, this is not a cameo show. Who show it? Like, remember, this is my show. Like the title comes up, says She-Hulk, that it absolutely is going to be a cameo show because... <laughs> her job as a lawyer is tailored to being cameos from people from the Marvel universe. Yeah. 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 That's funny. I saw a deep cut and I wonder if either one of y'all caught it. There was a news press going on right there through the first part of the TV show. 
and we get the former prosecutor for Abomination. His name is Gideon Wilson. Did any of y'all see that? Do any of y'all know who this is? Yes. <laughs> Just waiting on you to see it, to somebody to bring it up. <laughs> Richard, did you see it? I did. I did see it. Um, I truthfully, I didn't know about it, but just watching some like stuff about the episode, they they told me about it. But yeah, it's Sam Wilson's brother. Oh, you spoiled it. I was gonna have Jeremy oh, tell sorry. us all about him. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. Well, we can edit it out. Jeremy, Jeremy can tell. It's <laughs> all right. I mean, you know, Richard stole my thunder. It's fine. Yes, your thunder clap. <laughs> Is that it? Is that all we know? I mean, I, I didn't want to go into the nitty gritty, but yeah, he got like powers from the Hulk and was a part of this. I mean, am I spoiling it? I don't want to take anybody's thunder here. <laughs> no. <laughs> I obviously have no idea who this person is. So. <laughs> no, continue, Richard, please. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, he was part of... Uh, I don't have it down in my notes, so I'm just going off of my poor memory at this point. <laughs> But yeah, he was part of some like Hulk busting organization or team and he got powers from the Hulk and fought the Hulk or something at some point. Um, That is a very like layman's term (laughs) on him. But yes, anyway. Uh, Okay, so here's what I got. He's the father to Jim Wilson. They're all related to Sam Wilson and Sam Wilson's sister and all like they're all brothers and sisters. Uh, Jim Wilson is the son and Jim died from AIDS and Gideon blamed that on the Hulk because Jim actually harbored the Hulk and helped him fight some of his villains like Abomination and stuff like that. So Gideon had a big thing against the Hulk for a long time. Uh, He did become part of Gamma Flight, I believe. He has got powers the equivalent of Doc Sampson and but they're the exact opposite Doc Sampson as he grows his hair out longer like the character Sampson he gets stronger but it's the reverse for Gideon Gideon as he grows his hair out longer he gets weaker so yeah anyway that's that's pretty much the gist of what I've got is that you know he's he's a lot like Sampson he's got that beef against the Hulks in the comic books but then Mike winds up fighting the Hulk and then realizing that it wasn't the Hulk that killed him, it was AIDS. And that he's really, like, because he's a pastor as well, he was more disappointed in his son but based off of his religion than he was, like, anything else. And, like, his son's choices that he made. So Really? That's what I read. It's a very, like, it's a very in-depth character there, it seems. Like, there's a lot of turmoil or moral something going on there. So. Moral conflict. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I could see that. I They've dropped characters like this. Like, we've already gotten a Doc Sampson. He was in The Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. So, and it was, uh, what's his name? I don't know. Phil that... Dunphy. Oh, okay, yeah. From, from, um. Modern Family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was just going to call him the guy from Modern Family. That's what I know him as. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so like he was in the like that character's already been cast and is here, just like the leader, just like Abomin, like all those characters were set up in the Incredible Hulk, and nothing's been done with any of them. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I just I saw that. I saw it was a glimpse of it, and he's an older looking guy too, very much a lot older looking than than Sam and Sam's, you know, and their their sister, I guess. So they may make him if they if they connect the two. It's probably just a quick little Easter egg. But if they ever connect the two, like if they decide to do it, like 
say in the Sam Wilson Captain America movie that they plan on doing, they may say like, oh, it's his father or something like that. I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) That would be weird. (laughs) I wonder if they would like give him powers or something like that and then make him younger, almost like Captain America. Not young, I guess not younger, but like do a transformation like that. Does that make sense? Where it makes him like, like you look younger. Yeah, yeah, de oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe. So. I don't know. I, I have a feeling this character will go nowhere, but I could be wrong. <laughs> I I agree with you. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little, little comic pasta there. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, it was part of the episode. Well, no, so I mean, it, that, it that's what the comic. Yeah, I mean, but that's the comic pasta. Like, that's you, you kind of get a little, little, little side tour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I just want to say. It has been three weeks now. Moon Knight is still missing uh, from the M. <laughs> He's been replaced by Shang-Chi. Yep. If you've seen Moon Knight anywhere, please contact us via this <laughs> 800 number and let us know if he's doing okay. His helpline. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are there still people like raging over this? No. Or have they I think finally just- subsided? Yeah, I think they've they're raging about the post credit scene at this point. Yeah, <laughs> right. Let's go. Let's go ahead and get in this post credit scene. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about this. <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't seen the episode, I don't know why you're listening to this, but anyways, uh, basically, Megan the Stallion makes her appearance in the MCU. She is now like in in the MCU uh, as Megan the Stallion. Part of this episode was uh, a a light elf impersonating Megan the Stallion in a relationship. And <laughs> apparently She-Hulk's getting ready to represent her, which kind of doesn't make sense because yep. yeah. I thought it was just a super like yeah. power division. Well, sorry, just real quick. That's one of my notes is, does this imply that Megan the Stallion has uh, superpowers in this right. universe? Because they're part of the superhero law division. Like, that was very confusing to me, honestly. I mean, I find it funny. Like, if it she does have whatever superpowers. That would be funny. Yeah, because it would open the door for her to do other things, maybe outside of twerking with She-Hulk. But like, (laughs) apparently She-Hulk is like a really big fan of Megan the Stallion. Yeah. Is is what I'm gathering. And so like, you see, what's his name from from the H and G-L-K-H? What's his uh, name? Hol- Holden Holloway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he walks over to the door and sees them basically jamming out in her office. And then there's this, like, just... They they go into the office, and it's just them dancing, and it turns into, like, a, a twerk. And, you know, She-Hulk gives her props and is like, I love you. I would do... I'd do... I'd kill I'd- for you, is what she says. <laughs> I would kill for you. And Megan's like, oh, hold up. <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I was going to say, as much as like, so to just, as cringy as that was, I like the moment where she's like, I will kill for you, Megan <laughs> the Stallion. And she's like, whoa, dial it back now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that part's hilarious uh-huh. to me. And I think the only thing that makes it cringy to me, like, everyone's, like, everyone's all over. Like, this is such a polarizing uh, post credit scene, because some people are like, oh, you know you know, Marvel's, this is why Marvel sucks now or whatever. And others are like, you know, just who cares? Like the Hulk dabbed Captain America commented on his own ass. Star-Lord beat, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ronan 
with dan- with a dance off yeah. and it's just the same and i agree with with them but the thing that just kind of like i don't know to me it was cringy like the same way i also cringed with the hulk dabbing and also uh this is dc related but Shazam flossing like i <laughs> hate when they they try to like do something that the 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 young kids the youths are doing that are real popular right now and they have them do it now i also kind of get it with Shazam he's a kid yeah that's in a grown up's body but it's just so cringy to me that also being said at the end of the post credit scene they play a Megan the Stallion song and i did not write it down but i'm disappointed because she has a song called savage they missed an opportunity <laughs> to play that song <laughs> since she's called the Savage She-Hulk. Like, right. I yeah. was like, come on, guys. That's like the lowest of hanging fruit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this one. I watched it and I saw all the hate for it before I, I, I even saw the end credit scene because it Same. was just, it was everywhere. You couldn't go anywhere. I saw yeah. clips of it before I even saw the post credit scene. And, and so I was waiting for it. And, um, uh, and, you know, I even saw people that were like, oh, you know, trying to make a, a role model out of She-Hulk. And then you got this at the end. And I watched it and I was like, honestly, to me, it's like people are trying to make a big deal out of nothing. Yeah. Like this is stuff that you'll see on any award show, on any whatever. We've been seeing it for years now. And honestly, to me, like especially with her at the end saying, I'd kill for you, Megan, or whatever. Like, and they were just partying, having a good time. It's not like they were like popping bottles or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, if anybody had the chance to jam out with one of their favorites, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you would do stuff like that just to sit there and jam out with them. I wouldn't twerk just because I'm a dude and I don't do that. But like, <laughs> there's, there's people that would do that. You know what I mean? I think the worst part about the scene is how there's one shot that's like specifically. Jennifer's ass. This like just straight up, like just zeroed in her ass in the middle of the screen, you know, bouncing up and down. And it's like, okay, I don't need that shot. Yeah. Like the shot of them two before, like twerking at the same time was kind of funny to me. But like I didn't need just a full blown just ass screen <laughs> shot. Like, and that's that's to me was kind of like, all right, that's unnecessary. Like yeah. you could have done without that and just cut those three seconds out. And it probably wouldn't have been as bad as what everybody's saying it is or whatever. But that's just me, though. Well, I honestly, I'll have to. I, I agree with you, too. I mean, it's it's just like I said, if anybody met their like their idol, their hero, whatever in real life, you, you can't tell me you're not going to be like all excited and do just kind of whatever and just have fun with them. I mean, because that's basically what she was doing there. She was meeting one of like what you could kind of think of one of her favorite singers rappers or whatever and that it's there and yeah i agree with you michael as far as like i could have done without the without the zoom in there <laughs> the, the other parts of it were pretty fun but again i mean like if brie larson walked in i'm just <laughs> like so oh, i mean god <laughs> oh, my ears uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's what I was about to ask you, Jeremy. So, if you're Im- you're implying that if if Brie Larson walked in, you would you would twerk with her? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I drop it like it's hot. 
that's funny. Uh, wh- the, real quick to what you said, Michael, the thing that, to me, that makes it worse in that scene is honestly the CGI. And yes. it leads me into what I want to ask y'all. The CG, every, every scene where she's in a suit, except for the, like, there's two scenes where it looks good. Everything else looks fucking terrible and i understand like like we've said they're overworked they have such a very small time limit but the beginning when she walks into the office her hair's put up she's you know she hulk she's wearing that big suit it just looks bad like the suit even looks bad like the way it doesn't flop naturally like a baggy suit would and then when she obviously it's it's um it's overly exaggerated when she's twerking in that scene. And I I, I kind of want to stop analyzing the twerking thing because honestly, like, I, I thought it was cringy, but whatever. Like, it is it is what it is. Like, all the, the end credit scenes are all supposed to be, like, really, you know, funny moments. Just funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that CGI uh, in those two scenes are the biggest, like, oh, this looks bad. Well, so even to me, like, to me, the the one that, in my opinion, that kind of stuck out the most was uh, she looked like was looking terrible in the one where she walked into what's his name? I forgot. I can never say his, like uh, er, er, the other guy that was dating. Uh, oh, Megan the Stallion. His name's Dennis Bukowski. Yeah, Dennis. Yeah, that Dennis whole, Bukaki. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> but that that scene to me, like she just was just terrible in that one as well. Like the CGI for it. Yeah. Yeah. When that when he when she was first walking like walking in her office or whatever to get on the computer and then walking into um I forgot his name again already, but the boss's office. Yeah, Holloway's office. Yeah, to me those were by far like some of the worst. And I think it's like they just don't they don't have the lighting right, it doesn't seem like, and it doesn't seem like they have the movement right. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like yeah. between those two things, like she like chunky walks and what I mean by that is like she her reactions are slower than yeah. they should be for like a real person so yeah it, it just seems more like a lighting and movement issue than anything else to me honestly you are absolutely right on the lighting because the the two best scenes that it looks great in is when she gets attacked by their wrecking crew yes and Right before that, she does like some kind of like news interview. Yes. And she's like one of those like talking heads. It looks great in that scene. Yeah. And that's yes. because it's not natural lighting. It's it's done on like a television thing. And the wrecking crew, it's done by like nighttime lighting and it's street lights and they can hide it slightly with dark shadows and things like that. And that's where it looks great in. Yeah, that's what I, I wanted to. I'm glad you brought that up because that's what I really wanted to focus on. Cause like last I think episode, I think. We talked a lot about how the CGI is just, it was really bad in that episode. And it again, it's, I think that's just what it's going to be throughout this entire whatever. I don't think they put the money towards it or they just weren't sure about this or I don't know what the reasoning was, but like the interview and the, I thought the fight scene was really good with yeah. the, the wrecking crew, which I guess we got the wrecking crew now. Like, <laughs> I thought that was a really good fight scene. I thought the CGI looked really good in that. Apparently, they put all the, the money into the non-cameos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I did. I'll I have to agree on that uh, with the fight scene there. I thought that was a really, really good scene. I enjoyed that one. And like, I 
uh, <laughs> like and she was like, did you just steal everything from a, like an Asgardian construction worker? And the guy was like, yep. <laughs> That's what we did. Yeah. And that is, that is a, I believe if I'm not mistaken, the wrecking crew, their weapons are like their origin is from Asgard. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know if they were like construction weapons, but I don't know if you guys saw it, but when they show up and they're like displaying their weapons, you know, they're like flipping them around and stuff. There's a guy with a hard hat. Yes. <laughs> and if you, if you watch him, he's going like, <laughs> he's just like banging his head back and forth. <laughs> and it's so funny to me. I loved this first appearance of the wrecking crew. I just thought it was, it perfectly displayed the like, they are D-level supervillain. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole like trying to stab her with uh, whatever yeah. that was. And it just bends. <laughs> okay, so it looks like they're trying to get a blood sample of She-Hulk. Yeah. yeah. But who? Who's trying to get this blood sample? Yeah, that, that was going to be my question. Who the heck is the boss? Yeah, they, they mention a boss. Who's the boss? My wishful thinking is it's the leader. Because, well, the, because if you remember the Incredible Hulk, he needed Bruce's blood sample to help, like, cure him. Like, to cure not not the leader, not... Uh, what, what's the leader's real name? I can't even remember him. But anyway... I'll look it up while you chat. The leader needed it to cure Bruce. And then, you know, Blonsky shows up and decides, like, hey, inject me with Hulk blood, and it turns him into the Abomination. And he wrecks the laboratory or really it's like a college lab. But anyway, uh, and then he knocks his head and he gets a cut and then blood drips onto his head and you see him start to mutate and then he smiles. My theory, my, my wishful thinking theory is that he needs Bruce's blood and he can't find Bruce because Bruce is now off planet. So now he needs Jen's blood to cure him of being the leader. Other theories running out there are it could be Blonsky because clearly Blonsky's lying. He's he's up to something. What? I don't know. <laughs> I think he's lying. Uh, another fan theory is that it's Titania because supposedly they said the villain for the series was Titania. But once again, I say Titania is a, a red herring. I've heard Wilson Fisk thrown out there that he could mm. be wanting it as well. Now that you've got Gideon that's made an appearance, it could be Gideon that's wanting it, especially since he prosecuted Blonsky and was originally the person that got him incarcerated. I think the door's open for a lot. I love the leader idea because the leader could then try to cure himself. They've already established that She-Hulk's blood was able to cure Bruce with his physical, you know, issue that he had from the gauntlet so there is something like they they've they've done something with her blood there's the blood's needed for a reason for somebody so i'm glad that they've kind of built on that story a little bit or building more onto that story but yeah i don't know i don't know uh i like the leader idea but i i kind of thought about that like why wouldn't the leader just use his own blood but if hers is able to heal and stuff like that, then maybe that's why he needs it. Like it is a different DNA strand. And so maybe that's why he needs it. So, yeah. So can he not, does he not have the same like regeneration, like healing that Hulk does? So I think, I think everything was set up in episode one. 
where Bruce is like, our DNA is special because it allows for the mutation. It allows us to be able to do this, this, and this. So I think oh. that I think that's why we had so much going on in episode one and how how different Bruce and her DNA is. And considering like most people can't get around, like Bruce has not been a, an actual human except for like a couple of you know for us anyways, not long at all. Yeah, you know until he got that inhibitor and and was able to like confine the Hulk and actually be a, a person and fit in a, a normal sized car. Like, that's not been an option. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now that Jennifer is a Hulk and she can control it and and she looks normal, whereas, like, I don't think you'd go after Blonsky because he looks like a giant weirdo creature, like a fish creature. Yeah. So, like, he looks like a creature from the Black Lagoon on steroids. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, so, yeah, I... I think I think everything was being set up in that first episode. Just all the talk about her blood, all the talk about their blood, their genetics, all that jazz, and how they're able to handle gamma radiation is going to link back to this. I think that's why we had that. I got you. So, by the way, the leader's name is Samuel Stearns. Yeah, okay. So, was there any kind of, on the, on the little video of, what's her name? Runa? Yeah. Her, Runa. The, the little, after... The two lawyers meet, like Dennis, and meets with what's his name, the other lawyer, and like they showed the little YouTube video of of Runa and, or at that point, Megan the Stallion. Was there anything like any reference or anything in that little short video? Like it almost looked like it, it was like She Hulk in that video, like that, but it was green tinted side. But I just was curious if there was really anything. I, it was like I said, it wasn't something I really noticed that well, but. Well, one, the QR code, since you brought it up, oh. the QR codes <laughs> in that scene. Uh, oh, it's right, the, the video, the video yeah. that's playing, if you look in the bottom right-hand corner of the video, um, not like inside the video, but like right below the player, Yeah, it's the QR code. Timestamp is 8 minutes, 32 seconds. Like I said, it's right after, uh, or like Jeremy said, it was right after Pug has his client interview with Dennis Bukowski, and he's trying to build a case against the Light Elf Runa. He's looking up a video on a spoof YouTube website called Uscreen of the fight with the light elf Runa at a restaurant. And it's right under the lower right corner of the video. It takes you to a free copy of the 1980s Savage She-Hulk number two. And it introduced uh, in that comic, it introduces Dennis Bukowski, which is the reason why it was oh. a free comic today. Also, in that little thing, there's an Easter egg for apparently a video review of the Iron Man 3 sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't get me some Iron Man shoes, I'm going to be unhappy. I'm just letting y'all know right here, right now. Come on. Somebody needs to do this. Somebody. I don't care who. Somebody needs to do this. I, I love right after that scene where Pug is trying to find out how much money Dennis Bukowski <laughs> has given to Runa, <laughs> yeah. the light elf. And he's like, he's like, all right, so you bought her a mid-sized sedan. So I'm going to start with uh, 50,000. Dennis is like, he like thumbs, he's like, no, uh, more. He's like, 100,000? He's like, more. It's like, 200? And he's like, 200? I'm no fool. No, it, it was more like 175. And he's like, uh, <laughs> 170, 175,000? Uh, that's a whole house in parts of the country, Mr. Bukowski. <laughs> right? Right? And he was, I, I thought it, was, it just shows more how, like, 
ignorant he was where he was like, is it really? Like, there's no way that there's a house 175 grand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I liked when we already talked about the scene where she walks into Halloway's office and that's where they're meeting with Dennis and stuff like that. And I guess Halloway's trying to get Jen on the case. And Dennis is like, oh, hell no, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> but she's like, wait a second. You thought you were dating <laughs> Megan the stallion? <laughs> and then they're like going on and on about the stuff. And she's like, and you thought she drove a Passat? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought that was great. <laughs> Real quick, also in that scene, just a little kind of Easter egg. We may see this character more. They introduce Mallory Book who is a rival lawyer in the Dan Slott series. Matter of fact, the free copy of last week's issue introduced her. Oh, cool. Um, she's that she's that black lady that walks in and she's wearing that like really nice like black and white dress or whatever. Yeah. And Dennis is like, no, I don't want a 10 working on me with embarrassing stuff or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, that's <laughs> she's usually a rival lawyer. So I don't know if we'll see that in, in the show. But yeah, anyway. I think that I think this has got enough going on. Like I hope they just kind of save that for if yeah. they do a, a season two. Honestly, I think yeah. that would be more intriguing. So oh, I did love her um, Jennifer's testimony against Dennis. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> like a a New York ten, but an LA eleven, and all that kind of crap. <laughs> Is he incompetent? Oh, absolutely, he's incompetent. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely, he would think he's dating her. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's great. I love, uh, I love this episode because it shows how much of a buffoon Dennis is. <laughs> but also, in the last episode, we get introduced to Pug, and Pug kind of like you know, here's a map for pooping. <laughs> uh, you think that he's gonna be kind of like a buffoon lawyer mm -hmm. as well. But this episode really demonstrates and shows that no, the he is very smart. He is very capable of being, you know, a great lawyer. And I like seeing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I do too. Because I, I honestly, whenever I first saw him on the last episode, I thought he'd just be like one of those overexcited helpers, like assistants or something like that. But yeah, seeing him actually being able to handle his own was really cool. Yeah, that's what I was thinking is that he would be like a secretary or another paralegal. Yeah. Yeah, and so, like Nikki. Yeah, I... Yes, I love how they they've actually like made him into something in this episode. So, that was very nice. And and I also like that the light elf was trying to use Thor's speech to kind of get <laughs> <Yeah>. at <laughs> <laughs> the new Asgard speech. Yeah, just, yeah. Judge is like, "Nah, that's not going to work in here. Sorry, you're not new Asgard and that, that that's not how this works." <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that the her lawyer is like, oh, well, she she's like the daughter of a diplomat that's in New Asgard. So therefore, she has diplomatic immunity. And the judge is like, yes, but we're not in New Asgard. Right. So and then that's when she brings up the, you know, is Asgard not a place, but it's people. And she he's like. Uh, Thor's, you know, motivational speech is not admissible in court. <laughs> like, please sit down. I just love the, this is what I really wanted. And this is why I think I was pleasantly whelmed is I love the silly, like MCU stuff yeah. brought to the seriousness of like a court of law. And I just, I just love it. Like uh, jumping over real quick. I love the part where Wong comes in the, the parole hearing for abomination how she's like 
you know, Jin's like, I don't understand how someone who has zero commute time is late. And then later he shows up at the last moment. He's like, I'm sorry. And then the guy that's over the parole says something about like, well, Wong, you've just admitted that you committed a crime by breaking Emil out of prison. And he's like, I must go. And he just like opens the portal and leaves. <laughs> it's just, I love that, that silliness of it. And yeah, yeah. anyway. I think he said, I must decline. And then just, he opened a portal. And, <laughs> I was like, you must decline. What do you mean you must decline? <laughs> yeah, I wrote that in my notes as well. I thought that was hilarious. So does, I know she hasn't really, we haven't really talked about her any, but like, well, kind of, but the uh, Runa, does she have any kind of, importance or relevance in this whole thing or what what she is in comics kind of I mean the only thing that I saw was Runa is the name of a Asgardian Valkyrie that they did some kind of like uh the during the King and Black storyline with Null the god of symbiotes there was some comic that had a Asgardian Valkyrie named Runa but she wasn't a light elf she was a Valkyrie so no, I think they just took this name. Oh. So is there any kind of I mean, is there any kind of relation or whatever to Loki since he's the, I, I, the only other shapeshifter kind of person that I know of? No, cuz I know Loki he's is a, a yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a half uh is he Asgardian? I can't remember. He's half Frost Giant. I can't remember right. what his his other half is. He's a runt. Like yeah. Frost Giants are supposed to be big, like giants. And he's human size, so he's like a runt of the litter. And that's why Odin takes him in, because he was left there to die. Oh, okay. Because he is a runt of the king of the Frost Giants. I can't think of the king's name now, but anyway. Yeah, I have no idea. Yes, that he has no connection, though, to Light Elves. Light Elves are part of Alfheim. The only reason I know any of this is due to the God of War video game. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the dark elves and the light elves. I the dark elves. I forget where they're in. Maybe Niflheim. Uh, someone probably who studied like Norse mythology, screaming at me right now. But anyway, uh, I know for a fact though, Alfheim is where light elves are from. And yeah, she's. I think we see it in Thor Ragnarok. Someone had said the the big giant like cat god that was dead. That, that supposedly was supposed to be Alfheim as well, but I can't confirm or deny that. But anyway. What is disturbing, though, is the only shapeshifter that you know of, Jeremy, is this light elf. When Captain Marvel's movie was all about a race of well, shape-shifting <laughs> people. Well, I know. Yes, the scrolls and everything. Like, that's what I was trying to... But this, you kept referencing to an He was too distracted by Brie Larson. I, I know. <laughs> because <laughs> i i mean that was one thing that like my wife would ask about like especially in that little youtube cutscene or whatever like if it was a mention of like scrolls because of that shape shifting but it said that the person runa was from asgard so i i was like i the only asgard person that i know that has shape shifting was was loki so i got you i got you okay I see I see your way of thinking now. I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. We've got a whole TV series about this shit coming up. Are you kidding me? Yeah, exactly. 
Do y'all think it was wasted them doing this light elf as a shapeshifter when they could have just put a scroll there? No, I, I I like the silly like I like like the the part when she impersonates Pug as she's walking out, and you know she's uh what does she say? She says I love harassing women at the workplace. It's my kick, baby. And then Pug comes out and it's like not cool. <laughs> <laughs> and she's she transforms back into her her real form and she's like let that be a warning to you <laughs> and he's like uh when he's about to like shut the door he's like i don't you know me guy <laughs> like, i just think that's hilarious and of course yeah. she personates the judge later on i like the silliness of it i think it would have not been i don't think you should do it as silly with the the scrolls i don't know i just like the whole like She's almost like a goblin than an elf. You know what I mean? She's just very mischievous. <laughs> well, and I was going to say, I kind of agree on that too. Like, I like how it's just kind of a one-off thing. Because, I mean, she doesn't... There were other things in this episode, obviously, that, you know, deserved talking about. And I, f- I feel like if you had put the, put the scrolls in there, everybody had been, like, been analyzing that part a hundred times over as well. So... Yeah, I, I agree. Only for the fact that I feel like Secret Invasion should be something serious. And the whole point of that is they've infiltrated to a point where like, we don't know. So it's almost like Hydra, like where we didn't know that Hydra was in shield as deep as they were and stuff like that. Way up in there, Morty, way (laughs) up in there. So yeah, like I feel like if you'd thrown a scroll in right here, it would have like, that should have been a clue. Like, Oh, there could be anybody kind of, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Where it's like, it almost ruins it. Yeah. You know? And I don't want anything to ruin that. I feel like, like I said, I feel like Secret Invasion is probably the best kept secret of the MCU right now. Because then it would have been like, we would have lost whose show it was. Yeah, we would have lost whose show it was. <laughs> yes, pun intended. And uh, <laughs> also, I feel like her impersonating everybody was almost like the goats and Thor. And it was really starting to <laughs> aggravate me. Like they were funny moments, but like yeah. you knew, like when, when dude came back in, I was like, I think that's the elf. Yeah. And then of course it was. And then when he walked out of the office and he's saying all the things you were talking about, Richard, I was like, that's the elf again. And it was, and then, you know, we saw her as Megan, the stallion. And then, she was the judge, and I was just like, okay, fuck this. I, I'm tired of it now. It's happened enough in, in this five-minute span that I've been watching this show. like, yeah, It looks like Wong has confirmed that the Mirror Dimension and the Shadow Dimension are a thing now in the MCU. Were they not? Oh, really? I mean, the Mirror, they've mentioned the Mirror Dimension plenty of times, but the what's the Shadow Dimension? Is it the one that, I, I thought he meant the Dark Dimension, and the Shadow Dimension's that thing that, uh, Gore? Yeah, thank you. I was like, Christian Bale. <laughs> that Gore was, yeah, that was the shadow realm, yeah. if you will. Oh, that's what he was He was using? Yeah, that's what I thought he was referring to, but I, I wasn't sure. I, I love, I love the shtick with Wong being yeah. like, yeah, I think he's lying first off, like, where, uh, where he's talking about how he needs abomination for his training to become the Sorcerer Supreme, and I think he just did all that underground fighting to pay Hell for yeah. sandwiches and the hole <laughs> in the sanctum. Plus, during No Way Home, there was clearly snow all over the place. They had to pay somebody with that. I I seriously think he's just full of shit. <laughs> and he's just trying to be 
like because he's like you know he's like we could erase everyone's yeah or no, he's like no no I don't want to erase anyone's memory and she's like that would be highly unethical and he's like yeah and I forget he says like we'll save the sorcery for our, our B plan and he like taps his nose yeah. <laughs> she's like don't 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 tap your nose <laughs> what if Wong's a scroll huh <laughs> <laughs> What if Wrong's a scroll? We haven't seen him really. Like, I'm trying to think back on Doctor Strange. First of all, I don't know anything about the mirror dimension, nor do I know anything about the shadow dimension as well. I just heard him say those things, and I was like, oh, okay, that seems because, like, I don't know when we've heard of the other ones. But I'm I'm trying to think back to Multiverse of Madness, and I don't remember Wong doing a lot of magic in the Multiverse of Madness. Really, I that first scene with Gargantos slash Shumagorath, he he did some stuff there. But like we haven't seen him do a whole lot of magic. Usually when we see him, he's opening a portal, he's walking through it, and then he's and he closes and that's it. Like he seems to just be walking away from scenes. And anybody that's got one of those sling rings can open a portal. We know that from No Way Home. Yeah. With uh with Genki. <laughs> Ned. Medley. Ned, yeah. <laughs> He's Genki. He's no, Genki. I know. Okay. Yeah, I know. They they totally stole Genki and just renamed him Ned Leeds. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like, what if he's a scroll? Like, there was five minutes. Like, that's when he became the Sorcerer Supreme during the blip. All secret invasions during the blip. Yeah. So that's that's so confused. I don't like the. Have they ever done that in the comics? Like, there's a scroll that can use magic. I know there's certain aliens that can use magic, but I just find that super weird if we get, like, a scroll that has the ability to perform magic. And I know, like, the sling ring, but not all people can use it. I think Ned did have some sort of, like, latent magical abilities, what they were establishing in No Way Home, but I don't I, I don't know. I, I can... I see what you're saying. I don't... If that is true, that implies that scrolls can use magic or at least some of them can and then if you've got a shapeshifter who can do magic which also doesn't make sense because then you could just use magic to change your form but i don't i don't know i think they're doing this for <laughs> gags i i don't i don't want it to be that but if it is so be it jeremy i well I, yeah i concur <laughs> <laughs> no I, uh, i'm not i don't know I'm, i wouldn't be a big fan of him being being a scroll either uh, I feel like, I've, I mean, he did help fight Wanda some in the Multiverse of Madness. And then he, at the end, he used that little, whenever he was hanging off the ledge there, he used, he like did that where it shot up and into the, the thing's head and stuff like that. So he, he's done a little bit, but definitely, definitely nowhere near what a Sorcerer Supreme should be able to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. That That's kind of my point is like he can... He can do use a sling ring and he can conjure up weapons. Yeah. And that's essentially all that we've seen him do is conjure weapons and and walk through portals. Like yeah. he should be able to do so much more than that. <laughs> yeah. And move some books or or bag, whatever that was that he was moving out of the sanctum said said when in no way home. <laughs> yeah. It's like they were moving out or something. I guess because of all the snow in there. Yeah, yeah. He was going on like holiday or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Like just real quick, since we're talking about Wong, I love at the beginning of the episode where Nikki is saying, you know, they do that whole transition to Emil talking about like, oh, I was taking against my will. It was a Sorcerer Supreme called, and it cuts to Nikki saying Wong. 
and she's looking at his LinkedIn profile. Yeah. I took a screenshot. Apparently, the first job that he ever had was he was a Target sales associate at Comertage <laughs> Nepal for nine years. <laughs> That's hilarious. And then it says he's a librarian at Comertage Nepal for 11 years. And then now his most recent is Source of Supreme, New York, United States. And it says full time to, to present. But that's just freaking hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah. That is funny. <laughs> so on, I noticed on Blonsky's release, they said that, you know, he was no longer to be able to turn into the abomination. And he actually had to wear an inhibitor. So does the inhibitor, are we talking about like something to keep him from turning into the abomination? Is that, Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. Because if that's the case, that sure does give me like, Genosha mutant vibes. Yeah, I I think it's supposed to, but I also I think the inhibitor that Banner had on is going to be maybe they use that technology for Blonsky. I don't know if you guys had watched it originally, but when they did like a little featurette for behind the scenes before the show was coming out, we see Blonsky at some sort of hippy dippy retreat as the abomination again, like walking around. It's real estate. Yeah, like he's doing like a seminar or something for them as like outside of prison as abomination. So clearly he breaks that, which I'm assuming is going to be a thing or why I constantly say like, he is so pulling along con here because like he admits to, or he doesn't admit, but Wong says like, oh, I offered him to, just let him live out at Comertage, but he decided not to. And I'm like, why didn't he take that? That something's very fishy there. Yeah. Come on now. He's <laughs> he's writing haikus. He's got seven soulmates through the pen pal program. And you really think like he's not reformed yet. <laughs> I like those. Those seven wives, by the way, look like they walked <laughs> off the set of uh, Midsummer. Like, they looked exactly <laughs> like some sort of, like, cult. <laughs> some Jim Jones stuff? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Uh, okay, so, from my understanding, though, that, like, the inhibitor, that was a prototype from Bruce, and, like... Right. Jim was like, okay, make me one. He's like, I can't. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, why? And Bruce isn't around. He's he's off to, you know, go play Planet Hulk with whoever it may be. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I don't, I, I don't know where this inhibitor came from. I don't like. It, have we seen that in anything else? Like, has anybody else had to have an inhibitor before? No, not that I know of. Yeah, I don't remember seeing it either. So, like, if if this is like, if this is because this was all done at damage control, right? Yeah. Okay. If they've already got things that are acting like sentinels, and then they they apparently have an inhibitor, like. I don't know. This this just seems like straight up tons of mutant stuff going on right here. Like to me anyways. No, I, I agree. I think it's supposed to. I think it's supposed to set that. It's laying the groundwork for when mutants are in the MCU. It explains why they can, you know, be hunted down by Sentinels and they can, you know, take away their powers so that they can, you know, be imprisoned and stuff like that. Jeremy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. I, well, that did make me think of, like, I was kind of trying to, I was pausing there for a minute because I was trying to think of, there was a line in the, in it where somebody had said, 
as far as like just being able to take away their powers permanently. In, in yeah, ep- Bukaki said that when they were walking out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bukowski. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that it makes me wonder, like, if it's—I mean, kind of like what Richard was saying, as far as setting the groundwork. I mean, is that maybe kind of where they're trying to get to, where they can actually take those powers away? That takes us into like Civil War Two, kind of. Oh no! Don't stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Does it not though? Does it not get us that much closer to possibly something like that as well? I mean, maybe, but but Civil War Two was all about essentially minority report stopping crime before it happens preventative yeah 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 see i i just after this series i just finished i'm just i'm just waiting for avatar to come in there and take their their powers away the that they are bender yeah i was like the blue cat people <laughs> no what's going on with the blue they are bender <laughs> yeah, okay because that was his big the big thing at the end like he took the guy's fire bending away permanently spoiler alert i know <laughs> For like a 15-year-old show or whatever. <laughs> right. Right. That's funny. Well, real quick, since we're talking about mutants, this is a big thing and we're we're kind of running out of time. But during the black and white credits, if you keep watching past that, it gets to a point where it says special thanks, like there's a special thanks section, and it lists off a bunch of big names like John Byrne, Steve Ditko, Gail Kane, Jack Kirby, Dan Slott, and the last one, the very last one is Lynn Wine. And I looked him up. He had a hand in creating Wolverine. So, and the only reason I bring it up is because I've been seeing it on Reddit. We had the little Easter egg of a, a man in a bar fight, you know, fights with metal claws. Yeah. And then this episode had no Wolverine Easter egg, but he's still listed as a special thanks to, I'm wondering... Are we going to get Wolverine in this series? I kind of doubt it, but how, like, I would lose my fucking mind if Wolverine <laughs> shows up in this series. <laughs> right? Uh, that'd be another best kept secret if he did, because there's no, I mean, there's tons of rumors about who could possibly be cast as him. Not that they've been cast, but could possibly be cast as that. I think it'd be fitting because it is a Hulk TV show. And like you said last week, Hulk's first appearance or Wolverine's first appearance was in a Hulk comic book. Uh, like first, second, third, first cameo, however you want to look at it. Like, a, like, yeah, he's, he's all right there in like three issues. Yeah. Uh, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want it yet. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I do want. I want the chick from Prey to be X-23. That's what I want. Yeah. That's what I want. That's a good casting. That is a good casting. I don't, like, if I got that, I'd be fine not having Wolverine for a bit because I just feel like people are going to be so disappointed because they're going to be comparing him to Hugh Jackman instead of letting this new person have a good shot at it. And so I feel, like, bad about that. So one more thing that I noticed with the Wrecking Crew, and it kind of brings me back to mutants as well, is one of them sat there talking about the shot and how, you know, if they got it. And the guy says, I couldn't get past that nasty green skin. And it's like, that's that's something you would hear from an X-Men book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just having the prejudice towards somebody, you know, that's different or whatever oh. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, like, most of the time in She-Hulk comic books, she's they they 
over-sexualize her or make her very desirable or whatever in the comic books. You know what I mean? Like, that's just kind of something they do. It's part of her character kind of thing. I mean, like, one of the biggest things, one of her biggest issues, she's jumping rope naked. And, like, (laughs) the the movement of the rope is, like, covering up her tits and, like, you know, her muffin. (laughs) And, like, her ass on another one. So, like, (laughs) what? Her her private parts. (laughs) Good God, man. (laughs) I could have gone so harder than just muffin. I mean, what? Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, I once again, I think, like I said, they're laying that groundwork for when mutants come in. Absolutely. I think that's why they, they, they're showing the, like, society is... Rege- and I like that. Like, society is now rejecting powered people, not just mutants, powered people yeah because i like the biggest issue i had with bringing in the x-men is i've i've constantly said this is i like the idea of the especially because it doesn't work in the comics to me it doesn't where a world that loves the avengers but hates the x-men it makes no damn sense to me (laughs) like it's still a regardless if it's a mutation or not it's still somebody with powers doing all this stuff. And it seems like for the MCU, they're just making it where they don't like superhero or, or at least there's a certain sect of the population that are, are tired of superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I like that. I, I think it also kind of goes towards, um, I think it also plays a little bit into Ms. Marvel as well, because again, you know, we had that correlation of the end scene of that kind of mimicking Civil War and that whole thing of like the Registration Act and all that jazz. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I joked a second ago about Civil War too, but could it be that like we're actually going to get the Civil War story? She-Hulk was part of that as well. And then like the whole school thing and all that stuff happening and all that being a thing over there in New Jersey and stuff like that. I don't know. You talking about like in Civil War one. Yeah, 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 yeah. With with her and Speedball, and eventually he became, was it Pain? <laughs> uh, Penance. Penance, that's it. Yes, that's it. Yeah, but like the 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 one mutant exploding and and Nitro. decimating that school. Yeah, and then we had that kind that same kind of a mutant go just crazy outside of a school, and but he's on the yeah. What's his name? Uh, her son. Yes, Comron. That's it. So quickly, I forget. Just like Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else you got on your notes, Richard? Uh, just a couple of things. I like when the trial, like the abomination hearing is adjourned when she's walking to her car outside of the Department of Damage Control's like Supermax prison, one of the reporters is asking, is it true that you got your powers from a mafia hit gone wrong? <laughs> it's a little little nod to her actual origin. I, I love the breaking the fourth wall when they're at the bar and she says like, she leans in, she's like, oh, connecting the A and B plot line. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I also love when the wrecking crew attacks her and she kind of forgets that she has superpowers. Like, they jump her, and she's like, oh, oh, yeah. oh God, oh, and then she's like, oh, wait. And then she just transforms. <laughs> <laughs> Which I I am assuming because they have Asgardian weapons, that's why they can take damage, but they should have been dead. Uh-huh. Like, when she smashes those two guys' heads <laughs> together, or when she throws the one up in the air and he lands, especially the way he lands, I'm like, that guy's back is broken. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and yeah, I believe those are all sort of the the big things. I liked. Oh, I like that Nikki says she sent a thirst trap with her and a bunch of a bunch of books to Wong to try to get his attention. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, one last thing at the beginning of the episode, there's a little news report and the little like they call it a a, a Chiron. It's like kind of like the little ticker tape kind of thing that scrolls, except for this one wasn't scrolling. Um, it says on their super-powered influencer, Titania speaks out about her latest troubles, confident her legal team will make it go away. Titania, still in the news. <laughs> yeah. Still making headlines. Hopefully she changes her outfit. <laughs> um, <laughs> here's, here's what I thought of as far as, you know, we're talking about Planet Hulk, World War Hulk, all the things, and like how do we get Bruce to come back in World Breaker Hulk fashion, all that jazz. What if it's not Bruce that comes back in Worldbreaker Hulk fashion? What if it's Bruce gets there, we have Scar, and Scar's a problem, and we have to get rid of Scar, we send him through the devil's anus, all right? You can't get mad at me on that one, because that's actually, they said that, okay? That's the thing. And then he come, and then Scar comes back as Maestro. That would fix the getting rid of the Hulk problem because if we're getting the pro, if we're getting the rights back to that, we're gonna want more Hulk things, not necessarily Maestro, because but we could transfer Maestro's origin from Hulk to Scar. I would be fine with that. I just don't want Scar. I <laughs> like. Th- that's more than they ever did anything with him in the comics. So that's why I'm fine with it. But I still think it would be cool if it's just a future version of the Hulk. We don't necessarily need to make it the current version of the Hulk that just aged while he was out at Sakar. You could just make it some kind of time-displaced Hulk. Yeah. I was just trying to fix the whole Scar conundrum. That's all I was trying to do because yeah, I'm with you. Like I don't care much about Scar. I I much rather see Maestro. And if you can make them one and the same, like by sending Scar away, he has a reason to come back pissed off and ready to fuck some shit up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I no, I I agree. If we if we if we have to have Scar for whatever stupid reason, like we don't have to have him. But anyway, if they're like, no, we got to put Scar in it. People love Scar. No one likes Scar. <laughs> Um, at me if you're the one person that likes Scar. I dare you. <laughs> but if we have to have Scar, that is a great way of at least making him interesting. But other than that, I don't, I, I don't, you know, I don't want Scar in it at all. Yeah. Got you. Jeremy? I, yeah. I don't really know who Scar <laughs> is. So. Jeremy's like, yeah, I confirm. All right, yep. let's go. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> all right I guess that's it well, wait, you got anything else yeah I'm good cool Jeremy you got anything coming up where they can find you at uh no I mean nothing really that intriguing right now just but I'll be on Twitch sometimes uh it's under the handle Night Fury GTO that's Night with a K cool Richard uh if you want to contact me directly my handle is Night Curry that's right add me add me those Scar fans add me I dare you <laughs> Uh, night like day and night and curry with a K. If you want to contact us directly, our, we have a Gmail. Our Gmail is comicallycomicspodcast at gmail.com. 
Or if you want to watch our other stuff, we have a YouTube, a TikTok, an Instagram, and all of it's under the name Comically Comics Podcast. Nice. You're calling folks out like I did with the whole Bucky and Black Panther thing. (laughs) (laughs) You can find me on Instagram and eBay at 22 underscores comics. You can also find me on a podcast. Of course, you can find me on a podcast. That's why I'm fucking here right now. You can also find me on YouTube at 22 Comics. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did making it. With all that being said, say goodbye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye. Oh, you are way more fun than my last lawyer. I will kill for you, Megan Thee Stallion. Dial it back.